Welcome to You're Grounded. I think language, communication, and translating thoughts to one another through our own perceived experiences is one of our greatest gifts and tools as human beings. Join us every episode and eavesdrop on what we're connecting on, and hopefully our chats can inspire you and your friends' conversations, and at the very least, make you feel more grounded. I'm so grateful to share this conversation with you. here today with one of my very best male friends. I'm so excited to have a man on the podcast today. (laughs) And today's guest is none other than a very good friend of mine, a professional athlete, such a... I I always joke with my friends that Cortez is probably one of the most dependable people in my life, reliable (laughs) people. A real one is another way to say it. And I'm just so excited to get into our conversation today and share it with everybody. And really just hit on some amazing topics. But before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I want to introduce Chris Cortez. (laughs) Thank you so much, Becca. Um, Man, since you first came up with a podcast idea and dropped it, I immediately obviously messaged you when you were talking about it and was like, please get me on that. And now we're here and I'm so excited about it. It's like, it's just, it's real now and it's awesome. And I'm so stoked for you. I know it's something that you've just been envisioning and now it's like happening and it just, it's awesome. It just makes all of us so happy. Oh, thank you. Literally. I'm like the sentiments already. <laughs> um, but seriously, like we're here, we're in our best mutual friend's office. She's letting us record in this space today. Like just, we've been so lucky to have so many impactful people in our life and experiences. And we've probably been friends now for about six years, mm-hmm. I would say. Yep. And little background, Chris and I actually met from my best friend, Sam, whose office we're in. Her husband and him have played soccer together for a long time. Yeah. Um, I actually first met her husband, Carl, um, 2013. We played on a team in Orange County together. Um, then he kind of went on a, he went to Orlando and then ended up in Phoenix mm-hmm. here. Um, and then a little bit after that in 2016 is when he uh, also convinced me to come out here um, I was kind of looking for a new team and stuff, and he spoke to the coach as well, um, who's actually now my coach at Monterey Bay FC for my current team. He's brought me out there, Frank Gallup. And yeah, but Carl was a big part of that, and Carl and I have like best of friends as well. We were roommates on road trips. His locker was right next to mine, and we've known yeah. each other for years, and obviously that's how I ended up meeting you. Exactly. And so, I mean, all kinds of wins. Yeah, so many wins <laughs> on and off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but truly, like, I just remember when Sam and Carl introduced me to you and are like, this is one of our ride or die friends. <laughs> and we've been able to build that friendship together, too, and just be a source of just reliability in each other's lives because you have been such a fun friend of mine. And I truly value my male friendships in my life so, so much. And I know the best part about you is you value your female friendships in your life. So, Absolutely. So much. No, I think um, we've I mean, we've had tons of discussions of right. Um, you know, the opposite sex and things and what's going on in mentality and advice and things like that. And so I think it's always awesome to have like you where I can bounce things off and hear very much Same. like a woman's perspective on things and obviously vice versa. I'm so happy to like be able to do that as well for you. So it's like, it's just really cool to have that as well. And, and also our random FaceTimes with Sam all the time <laughs> from like Cabo and stuff like that, like just all over the place and me out in like Czech Republic yeah, or like in Denmark. Yeah, like you're in Thailand, like, you're in Bangkok. We're like, what is Chris up to now? Like soccer is taking him all over the freaking world oh, and we never know what its story to expect <laughs> from you next. 
Cortez is one of my favorite storytellers of all time, too. He <laughs> always has a story. And oh, man. Thank God yeah. for keeping us all entertained. <laughs> very, very, very true. But Cortez is amazing, and he is just such a wholesome person. And like I said, my male friendships, not only having their perspective from the opposite sex on certain situations, but just in life, being able to have that connectability and respect for one another is really how I can like define you because we could talk about anything and I love that about this and that's why we wanted you on the podcast so here we are perfect yes (laughs) but I feel like something we were when we were brainstorming what we wanted to talk about today was kind of how we're in a phase in our adult lives now where we are hyper aware and even more intentional in what we're doing and how we're acting and and that self-awareness journey of what we want to take on into our adult lives. And neither of us have children necessarily yet, but in our adult lives, just with or without a family, kind of how we want to be perceived, the things that have been handed down to us in our character, in our goals, in our beliefs. This is a large topic, but I feel like the most interesting part about you being a professional athlete is kind of like also how that has imprinted on you and how you want to move forward in your adult life and your mm. intentionality and your beliefs and kind of how we're all in this phase of journey of being able to, it's not like, Oh, we turn 30 and we start thinking about that. That's been something that's probably been since we've been independently on our own as adults. But I feel like now more than ever, we're really, really aware of what characteristics we want to improve on yeah. and not complacency. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like what are we intentionally thinking about? Yeah. Something we, we've discussed obviously over and over and things that we get to bounce off of. For me, uh, if you want to talk about just like uh, it all very much meshes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is I've learned a lot of life lessons through soccer yeah. and through sport. Like it's taught me a lot of like, right, extra work and doing a little bit extra and, and being proactive and understanding those things and being accountable for myself and admitting that I've made mistakes and learning from it and how right I can do that stuff on the field. I will go back and watch film. I will be training and I'll mess up things in training, but I'll try new things afterwards, learn a new technique or a new way of shooting the ball or whatever it is. Right. Um, and then just being able to like embrace that. And then from that, learn, analyze the mistake, correct it, and then move on from it. Um, and I think that's one thing that very much stands out to me, which yeah. is like kind of something we had talked about a little bit before. And I think that was an important thing uh, growing up as well. Um, and I realized I could use that with a lot of other things. I would apply that to things in school as well and everything like that. Um, yeah. Not just it being the characteristics you learn in playing sport. Cause I played soccer growing up mm-hmm. too. So another reason why we connected, yeah, but absolutely. as both former, no, I'm a former athlete, you're still a current athlete, but those lessons that you learn on team sport too. I mean, I can't speak to individual sport cause there's so many lessons I'm sure you learn in that too. But from someone who played team sport my whole life too, is the compatibility, adaptability of working with all different personality types, being able to be dependable, being reliable, being a good communicator, communication yeah. on the field is massive. massive, absolutely massive. And then also being able to translate those characteristics to your point of being aware of like, huh, you know what? That worked with my team on the field yesterday. What if I took that and worked it with my friendships, you know, and absolutely things like that. Yeah. Um, I think, um, when it comes to that uh, communication in a group and things, um, that's one thing I really for personally feel, um, it's, it's become more and more of a, I've realized it's a quality of mine that I didn't, I never really thought of so much. Yeah. Um, but I actually have realized more and more and people have spoken to me more and more about how, um, I have, uh, an ability to kind of 
be able to say things in the right way for people yeah. for them to grasp it and also say it to where it's not, I'm not attacking your mistake. Yes. I'm just letting you know, Hey, let's try this way instead and that kind of things. Um, so I think we, in soccer, we call it man management or like, you know, people management as far as like, and it's a, it's a coach trait as well, right? Can coaches help manage a team and he, know when to push a player and when, hey, I need to yell at you so you start playing harder. And some guys will shut down with that. And knowing with that guy, hey, I need to almost like Ease metaphorically put my arm around you a bit, yep. right? And be like, hey, just keep going, be encouraging. Yeah. And knowing how to do what with people and stuff. And I think I've I've always had an ability to kind of read that from my own players. And I know when I can be like, come on, I got you. Let's keep going, like pushing. Or be like, hey, figure it out, man. Like, you need to fucking push more, yeah. right? And like some guys, that'll light a fire under them and they'll start going. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I feel like it's... I, a saying that I always love is you can be a great player, but that doesn't mean you be a great coach, Absolutely, right? Like yeah. there is so much adaptability to different personality types. And I think so highly of people like yourself who have that ability to transform and adapt and really be emotionally intelligent towards the people that you're speaking to and understanding that everybody needs a different care and attention to be mm-hmm. led and motivated. We all are motivated in entirely different oh, ways. Yeah. And all of us also have different triggers and different things that are going to make us shut down. And the thing that separates that for me is what makes not only a good player, but a good coach is being able to be aware and removal of your ego. Mm -hmm. I I think that's massive, especially man at at the highest level. It's like the big thing is it's uh, being in this interesting state of very confident, like borderline cocky because the relevant is you have to be kind of audacious and you have to, there's times where you're just like, "Eh, I'm just going to try it like see what happens right yeah. and you have to do this like risk taking yeah. too yeah yeah um but i think at the same time so you have to have this like quiet confidence um but at the same time um don't allow it to be over the top where you're like again we talk about complacency and things like that it's like not to where you're relaxed mm-hmm. it's like if you're relaxed and you're thinking like oh yeah i'm good here like you're that's a problem you should be kind of antsy and wanting to push and wanting more always um, self-improving yeah and i think the big thing is from individually yeah because also honestly as a team you're replaceable a million people would love to be playing yes in in your position and so i think that's a that's an important thing of like keeping that as well and with the ego thing also it's like it ties into accountability too where it's like hey like i can recognize that I will make mistakes also. Everyone will in the field. It's just how are you reacting to it and things like that. And am I, even if I mess up, am I still going to, all right, next play, I'm going to make up for it. I'm going to make it up for my teammates or my teammates got my back or I'll have their back when they make a mistake. And I think that's massively important as well. Yeah. And it's adaptable and not just to sport, to your point, like someone who like me, who's worked in the corporate world as Mm -hmm. well is team environments, team mentalities, and being able to say like, okay, if you're the leader of your team or you kind of step into that role, that's a lot of pressure on somebody's back, but it also takes that accountability to be like, all right, but if I step back and become complacent and I'm not motivating myself, that's a trickle down effect. And mm-hmm. that's responsibility. Yes. But we all, we not, we might not even be the leaders. We might be the followers. I'm I, like, there's people out there that are not necessarily the leaders of their team or group in the work setting, but if they're not being motivated by that leader, then they need that fuel as well to their fire. Yeah. I think we, the term we use a lot is culture. Mm-hmm. It's creating a culture in a locker room, in a team, in a club, yeah. um, is, is having this culture, having this, this set of, this is our ideals. This is what we believe in. This is the way we do. We keep each other accountable. We push each other. And every, every team I've been in that's won a championship and stuff, you've always felt a culture and you felt this mentality of every day, guys are pushing each other and kind of sharpening each other right and and challenging each other and then we all joke about at the end because at the end we're teammates and once as soon as 
right? Practice is done. Hang out in the locker room, joke about, oh, I got you on this, yeah, or oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I like this play from you. And the that banter. Kind of yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. The banter of the locker rooms. Ruthless at times, that's Ruthless. for sure. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. But, you know, and, and at the same time, all that stuff helps in the building. All right, yeah, we're all just getting better to then be able to beat our opponent on the weekend. Yeah, and I think it's those intangibles that make a group of people successful. You can have an incredible top recruit individual yeah. like million dollar player on any team or like this CEO of a former business coming to work for you at your office. Those things are great on paper. We love that. But if you guys don't gel as a group and mm-hmm. release each other's egos, adapt to everybody's specific needs, it's those intangibles that are never going to make you guys succeed. I mean, you can succeed as an individual, but succeeding as a team is an entirely entirely Absolutely. different soup. So with those intangibles, those characteristics and values that people bring to a team, and I want you to be able to just speak fully for yourself here, like what do you think are some of characteristics and values of yours that bring your real life application to a team environment that have worked so well for you or things that you believe that you're raised with that you really appreciate? I think um, for me, one thing, uh, work ethic, um, always, uh, I think it was massive things my dad um, emphasized growing up. Uh, my dad works construction. Um, he basically built, <laughs> yeah, he basically built his own business out of it and stuff. And he, I mean, he came to his country from Mexico at 17, uh, started out as, you know, washing dishes, busboy, worked as a cook, kind of right. worked his way up in the restaurant business a bit kind of side over to construction and really started working his way as a guy was doing labor and now he can basically do anything and redo your entire house kind of thing. And so, um, I grew up, um, helping him out like over summers and things like that and stuff. And, it was terrible at times, but in a, in a good way. You know I've been what I mean? lured it's, into a few projects, oh, but man. more voluntarily with my dad yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I can so, relate. But, oh, I've, I've, you know, I've helped him out with a lot of stuff. And I actually now can appreciate a lot of things in construction and how, like, a good entryway or a good driveway looks and yeah. things like that. I, like, nerd yeah. out on it. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Um, but I've learned to do a lot of that stuff. But on top of that, my dad used to say, and it was a thing that always stuck with me as a life lesson. He said, you know, I don't want you doing this. He said, unless this is something you truly love, but you see how much work this is. Right. And he said, for you, look, this was in high school. It's like you either do good in school or do good in soccer, but you need to work at one of those. If not, you're going to end up having to do something like this and breaking your back over this. And he Mm -hmm. said, I want something better for you. And he always kind of emphasized that and said, do well in school, go to college, try and find a career path. Right. And Mm -hmm. it was. It was never a, you have to be this or have to be that, but it was, yeah. it was just very much a, hey, like just work and take advantage of like what you've been given and right. really like try and find your pathway. But it's like whether that's school or whether it's soccer and it ended up being soccer, obviously, and yeah. it, it has led that way. But it was that same thing. I think it always lingered of like, hey, like have that work ethic and have that drive with the opportunity you have and, and seize it and make something out of it kind of thing. And yeah. for me, uh, around that same time is when soccer started getting much more serious, it was like 14, 15, 16, I started realizing, wow, I can actually like, yeah. do this. And like that possibility of your youth kind of transitioning into that post, yeah. like there's, being under your parents, like, wow, I can actually continue this from yeah. here. There was a, uh, there, yeah. I mean, there's one tournament specifically. Mm-hmm. I played with a youth club team. Um, and it, they basically did a 15 year old kind of world cup almost in a sense where we won a U.S. tournament that Nike puts on. Okay. And then 20 teams from all over the world would come. We had a team from South Africa, Brazil, Turkey, wow. like Argentina, Mexico, like, um and england and stuff and so we ended up playing and i mean one of the biggest clubs 
there is Manchester United. And right. so we played Man United's youth team and we beat them and it was like massive. And we did we had some very good results. We ended up getting ninth out of twenty in the tournament, which at that point was the highest a US team had ever finished in the tournament. And yeah. for us it was I think all of us as players were kind of like, Wow, like yeah, obviously they're these big teams that we watch, you know, right. the older guys on TV every week, but it was like, whoa, like well, those guys all started at this age and we just competed against guys that are there and kind of the future generation and held our own. It, it made you have that yeah, instinctual like, belief of like, yeah. wow, I can really do this. Yeah, it was like, I, I can, I belong here. Yeah. And, and then it was, Hey, how, what's the path to it now? And yeah. that's what it was about. So, but I think, yeah, all that really started with a lot of that stuff um, with like work ethic. I think another thing is family values as well. Um, my dad was always massive on, I have, two siblings obviously you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah so my brother my sister were all three best friends and my dad was very big on that from the beginning um both of our parents super emphasized your siblings are always going to be there for you like friends may come and go and stuff but your siblings will always be your siblings families forever (laughs) (laughs) exactly Um, and they they really are they're my best friends and they're always there i mean you've met them all too and stuff yeah so yeah it's love your um, family yeah so i think um that was a big thing too and i think I, i view a a team is that as well as a family too and so it's absolutely taking that same thing into that environment of like hey i'm gonna fight for you guys i'm gonna kill myself and my brothers on the team because yeah. i know they're gonna do the same for me yeah and I think that loyalty that, yeah absolutely and i think that's a massively important thing and for a coach as well he's he's doing a lot of stuff off the field and trying to prepare us so i'm gonna go back and respond and fight for him also yeah like any leader in life if they don't respect you for working for them that's just naturally not going to lend yeah. to you respecting them in return. That's one of those intangibles that I feel like is pretty obvious, but nobody ever really talks about. It's like leadership is going to be what stems from the top down. You know, people mm. talk about that top down mentality all the time, but it's, it's truly to the fact that respect from leadership, but also one another. That's what I think that elimination of the ego comes back into play and mm-hmm. being able to say, no, I just respect you. Even if, even if you're frustrated as hell with one yeah. of your teammates and they're doing something, you're like, fucking get it you know like someone is just like not understanding because they need to be taught in a different way and need need to do more repetitions than maybe you and you know all those kind of patience exercises is being able to say okay not everyone is me everyone learns differently everyone learns at different rates and that's a huge one actually yeah Um, and being able to respect that that was one of the biggest um starting points of conversations when i started working with my sports psychologist was about that stuff yeah he said look just because you see things or can do a certain pass or something doesn't mean everyone else can Mm -hmm. understand different people are good at different things and realize like if someone misses a pass or something don't get mad at them because it's not as if they're not they're not trying to mess up right they are trying, they're literally doing their yeah, best. They're, they're, they're trying to get you the ball. Yeah. They just can't at times or things like that. And it was in my mind, I think that was the first time I was kind of like, oh, wow. Like I was thinking, I yeah, you stepped outside a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was like very opening as well. Um, and I think one of many things I've worked with him about that he's like really helped with um, just being able to see and open a mind up, kind of massage the brain to different perspectives and things like that. Yeah. Really Unlearning and relearning. Yeah, like yes. a lot of rewiring, definitely. <laughs> yes, but that's something we can all adapt to is just because you've been good at something your whole life or maybe you've struggled at something your whole life. I mean, I can relate to that. I'm like struggled at my career life my whole life. You know, <laughs> it's like even if somebody takes 85 times to learn something and you get it on the first try, that being able to have that patience and adaptability makes you a good teammate, a good coworker, a good person in life. I mean, 
I, we all get frustrated in our day to day. I mean, mm-hmm. you could be waiting at the gas pump for God's sake. And someone's like fumbling with their car to like, can't get the gas to be in their car. And you're like, come the fuck on. And you're just <laughs> filling your tank. How hard is it? But I mean, everyone's doing their best. Nobody wants to inconvenience people intentionally. Nobody wants to be able to feel like the, the like the low blow on the, yeah. to- on the totem pole. Nobody wants to be that person. So I think having more grace for everybody on our teams, on our, work staff on our our families i think that's who we lose our patience with the most because we've seen their entire lives yeah. not being able to have the patience with them i think this is just a reminder to be able to tell everybody like everyone's learning at a different rate and doing their best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you've been working either with your sports psychologist or even just in your own mind like what are some characteristics that you are working on establishing just from your own beliefs like something that maybe you weren't necessarily raised with that you've been able to come to terms with it being like, A, I want to either change this narrative or B, like this is something that I want to be better at, even though it not, I don't necessarily have it right now. Um, I think a big thing for me was, uh, was getting rid of the excuses for myself and justifications for myself, um, being very bluntly honest with myself. Uh, I think accountability is massive. Um, one of the things I, I remember, especially when I was much younger as a player, and even I do it in real life as well, where I would kind of justify things or blow things off and be yeah. like, oh, because of this and because of that. And it was like, oh, well, you know, the coach this or the team this or the thing that. And then the real of it is, I was like, that's that's a terrible, I don't like that mentality. Um, didn't sit it with did, you well. No, it, well, the thing was, it it, it would, it was a, having a, it's a blame game. And it was like, and I started really kind of realizing, and I did some of my own, and then it's kind of also helped with him working. But it was just just being honest with yourself and not cheating yourself, yeah. because the reality of it is, and we we have a saying, um, it's a saying down in Mexico, it's like the green rectangle doesn't lie. Okay. Um, we say that is like when you step out in the stadium, all truths are revealed. How much you've worked or not. The green worked. rectangle, referring yeah. referencing to mm-hmm. the field for anyone who didn't get yeah. that. <laughs> So it's, yes. it's just that, it's just that, Hey, sooner or later, like it's gonna, it's gonna be exposed. Yeah. So if you've not done enough shooting, if you've not done your lifting, if you've not done this, if you've not done that, like whatever it is, if you've not worked on certain things, like they will show up. And I think, uh, having the accountability instead of saying, Oh yeah, he did this, like controlling myself and my thing and my improvement. Hey, you know what? I'm actually like one of the first things professionally when I started playing, um, I was as a young kid, I, I'm a left footed player okay. and I always had a left foot and that was kind of a, a standout quality of mine. Definitely, but definitely more right, rare than right footed. But my right foot was average. Honestly, there was a couple things I could do decently, but overall not nearly what I could do with my left. Yeah. Um, and then one of my coaches said, you know, if, if you're a forward, that's only you know, more left footed than right. That's you're scoring half as many goals. Right. And I just sat there and I was like, well, it was one of my first like mind blowing like, higher level kind of exposures and mentalities and so what I started doing is I started working on my shooting right footed and started working on my crossing and working on all these things with my right foot and being able to be as close to a naturally two-footed player Mm -hmm. as possible um and it's massively helped me and it was like hey being being okay with like my right foot's not good enough and not making that the excuse and, and being accepting that you know what my right foot's not good enough and instead of like an excuse of, oh, well, it wasn't on my left foot, so that's why I couldn't score it. Right. It's like, no, like, 
make your right foot good enough, work on it enough to where, you know what, it's on your right foot, you still feel comfortable taking that yeah. shot or hitting that cross or whatever. How many more goals, how many more assists, how many more plays can you do because you're two-footed? Right. Um, so so I think, making your disadvantage more of an advantage. Yeah, I think it was, it's just very much being uh, well-rounded. As we yeah. call it just being a well-rounded player and having, that's what we talk about, people talk about fundamentals and things, and I think it's an important thing is being able to hit a pass with both feet, being able to do a lot of things with both feet. Yeah. Um, and But all that came from me being honest with myself that hey my right foot's just not good enough right now so all right let's make it good enough yes and i think um in general that that accountability and instead of making excuses um has massively helped me on and off the field uh, yeah. i think with relationships and things like that too yeah. i've i've had relationships with the past where i haven't been the best and I would justify it as, oh, well, she was this and she was that. Right. We all like, do that. Our right? ego doesn't want to take the ownership. We're always yeah. like, oh, I, well, because they did this is why I did this. And because blank, blank, blank is mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z is the scenario is this way is why I did this. And we can, to your point, the blame game all day. Yeah. We can do that in any scenario in Absolutely. life. Oh, yeah. I was late because the coffee maker wasn't fast enough. Not because I wasn't planning that time. Not because I didn't wake up five yeah. minutes earlier. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. And I, yeah. And yes. I think that's an important thing too. Um, is, is that whole thing. And so for me, yeah. that was a massive part of, I realized I hugely improved and really started like feeling a growth in myself uh, personally and soccer wise. Mm-hmm. Um, when that accountability started happening, I started being very bluntly honest with myself and looking at myself and you know what? I don't like these things. Yeah. Okay. I don't like how I feel after I do this. Great. Now let's work on it. Where do you think that empowerment came from within you? Because I feel like so many people either gosh, surround themselves with people who make excuses or are raised by people who are just constantly a audience to someone who's just raised them by, oh, well, my parents always made excuses, so that's okay because they turned out fine. Or not saying that that's your case, but like people who are maybe feeling like they're stuck in that place of, damn, I am really like accusational of everyone else and not taking ownership because that takes so much balls to be able to say like, I am taking ownership of my faults rather than blaming it on something else in a circumstance, a person, a like whatever you want to make the excuse to be. Where do you think that came from for you? Um, I think, um, I think part of it's I'm a massive perfectionist. Yeah. Um, Where did that come from? Uh, (laughs) we got to dig deeper. Really just layers. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of that came from really wanting to, I mean, Part of it was growing up. My dad was definitely hard on me with yeah. playing. Um, he was hard on me because he knew, uh, I mean, he saw something in me. And I know he he said, he used to tell me all the time, the reason I push you is because he said, if, if you weren't good, I wouldn't push you. Mm. He said, if I saw that you were just an okay player and you could just be like, okay, and one of the other ones, that's fine. He's like, but I know you can, he's like, everyone, every team, every parent, everyone always sees you and knows you're like a little bit different Yeah. at like eight, nine years old. And so he used to push me more and demand more because he knew I could do more. Yeah. And so I think for me, that was a big thing too, is having that turned into me setting standards for myself of this demand Okay. of wanting to, I used to want to please him and him him be proud of me have my mom be proud of me as well right my siblings we would always go to each other's games yeah and so to be able to like come off the field and have like big smiles from them yeah making them proud and like yeah and just like that kind of thing and be able to like hug them afterwards and be like dude that goal you scored or that play that pass the way you dribbled that guy all that kind of stuff and yeah and honestly I'm, i'm a bit of a show off too and so like to be able to show off for them absolutely right if that's what brings you joy and fulfillment and purpose like 
that's your motivator. Yeah, There's so, nothing to be ashamed of that. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was a big thing for me. And I realized also what a good feeling I felt when I came off after a good game, how satisfied I am. And I'm like, that was the motivator. Yes, for you know what I mean? It's just like, yes, that feels fantastic. And so, um, I think internally as well as the external factors, like the family and stuff, um, really kind of, that's what created me wanting to improve and be, be better, better. Be better. And then being a perfectionist, is it partially because you hate lacking that feeling more lacking that feel of making them proud or lacking that feel of being perfect? Like, cause obviously we all want to be better at what we do. I think that that's normal. I but think I have a terrible phobia of disappointment. Um, and I have a terrible phobia of like regret. Yeah. Um, I have this, I have this massive underlying fear of just like not reaching my full potential and then regretting it after I retire. Yes. Um, That is relatable. And I think, yeah, I think everyone has that at some point. Yeah. That fear. um, But I, I think it's, I mean, I've been playing for a few years now. Um, just a few. Just, just a couple. I was just talking about this the other day, man, with like Carl and stuff too. And I was like, wow, I'm already it's in my 14th minute. professional year, which yes. is crazy. Congrats, by the way. Thank Let's you. not it's, just it's shy nuts. over that. A lot of people don't make it that far. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think, um, right, like all that is just like, it's kind of crazy to sit back and think about it. Yeah, And I reflect and think of it. When I actually think about where I was as a player when I was 18, 19, 20 and where I've come and what I've done. Now I, I start to think and I start to reminisce like, you know what? No, like I've, I've done well. Like I'm, I don't yeah. really regret things. I've like soccer wise, I've accomplished some things. I've won some championships and stuff. And I like look at it and I'm like, okay, like, you know what? I'm really not like going to be disappointed in my career when I look back and that kind of things. And I can re- I look back at certain moments and certain teams and certain years and stuff. I'm like, man, I like really did some good stuff there. Yeah. And I think also at that, at that point it's like, Hey, I've, done these certain things and I know what I've done and I've liked it like where I've had a good goal scoring year or a year we've won a championship or a bit of both and I'm like that's my motivation all right I want to beat that next year I want to compete yeah. myself I want to score more goals than I did that season yeah or last season or whatever it is right and I think that's the thing is I'm I, I massively like want to compete with myself too yeah um, and I view that as like a thing where it's like huge I trait also, of yours yeah I, I definitely like and with that that's where that accountability and that work comes from is like the fact that I want to improve, so I'm going to keep working at it and doing a lot of little extra things. Yeah, It's not just the day-to-day stuff and how am I still improving and I still think I have a lot as a player that I can improve on. Yeah, I want to, and so I work on that. And that fear is such a motivator, and I feel like the fear is motivating, but the more that you tap in and transition that into your flow of just getting better and competing against yourself. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important that it's not, it's not something that freezes me, um, and I think that's... The fact that I can look back and reflect and think, wow, like I've done some cool stuff yes. really eases that fear. And so not something that's you're running from like, yeah, or freaking out about, right. but I'm like facing it, embracing it. And then like acknowledging it. it. Yeah. Just being like, Absolutely wow, be I like, act like the fact that you can even admit like, you know what? I was genuinely afraid of regretting my entire career. Yeah. Like that's massive. Oh, and I mean, I was, I was like, I, I think the biggest thing I've always said, this is the thing is. Um, the kind of two expressions is I want to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. Right. I don't want to. Have, don't we all insomnia? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. I don't want to like wake up in the night thinking, man, I, I could have done this more. I could have, I've could have improved. And why didn't I, mm-hmm. uh, or like that same saying, I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror Yeah. and I can like stare at myself in the mirror and say, man, like, yeah, I'd say that's one of your best traits too, is things not just on the soccer field, because I know that that's so much of who you are, but just as who you are as a person that I've gotten to know too, is your character of who you are is someone who's always wanted to be able to face themselves in the mirror and be proud 
And I feel like you have such a good character as a human being, reliable, caring, like you have people in your life's best interest. So I'd think that that was probably something that you've probably motivate yourself to always be improving on too. Cause yeah. I can relate to that too. I never want to be like making someone feel bad, less than uncomfortable, not seen, not heard. Like those are my yeah. motivators. But would you say that was handed down from either of your parents? Like yeah, absolutely. having those characteristics? I think both too? of the, both of them, honestly, both of them were, were very, um, very dependable growing up. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to, I mean, my dad, like I said, he worked construction. So he would be, up at 5 30 in the morning right yeah. going to work i'm like if not earlier yeah, seriously, yeah. like carrying block like right yeah. laying cement whatever it is he would come back and then he would still take my brother and i and my sister he'd take us to the park and we would Dependable. go train yeah mm-hmm. we would go train and he would go right and i mean he, he's exhausted after a day and he oh could have easily God. just sat in front of the tv and but he he took that extra step and he yeah. would we used to drive all over the place you know yeah, how it is. you drive everywhere oh for tournaments and stuff like that. so every, every weekend, weekend it was like i mean so they're one day off and yeah it's like yeah you. exactly yeah. it's like it'd be like we're in orange county we'd drive up to like bakersfield lancaster right. like three four hours away down to san diego yep. like a couple hours be at a tournament all weekend right yes. we'd play like six games i'd miss like monday of school because we'd be at a tournament my mom or my dad would like take off of work that monday because yeah. it would be like Mondays were usually like the championships and stuff too. And so they would like miss work and take us and everything. Gosh. And so, and it was never, uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't never like made no. to make you feel guilty No, it was for always that. like, hey, like, let's just get it on. Let's get on yeah. with it. This is what we got to do. This is what we're going to do and blah, blah, blah and stuff. But that respect and that like genuine compassion and who you yeah. are as a person. Yeah, is just having that. that and then them, them with that, that discipline to like be able to do all that stuff and be able to coordinate and figure it out and like figure out when we were playing at different fields and my dad's taking my brother here and my mom's taking me and my sister here yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so just, um, just being able to do all that, um, I think that was massive. And I will say there was, um, it kind of became a thing as I got older, uh, parents split and then it mm-hmm. creates a, a big rift. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and things kind of changed. The dynamic changed a bit. And I realized at the time I was 15, 16 when it was like happening and happened officially and everything. Um, and during that time I had to start stepping up and, and being able to help as well out. Yeah. Um, right? Taking more of that leadership yeah, role. Yeah. Really, especially I'm the oldest sibling. So mm-hmm. being able to kind of help siblings with either homework or make food or things like that at home yeah. and trying to like, I want to be dependable. And especially my sister is eight years younger. My brother's two years younger. So it was kind of like he was 14. He could take care of himself. My sister at the time was much younger. And so she's like, is in this also being there for her and being able to explain that yeah. like, you know, what happened with the parents and that kind of stuff. And, and that responsibility on your shoulders. Yeah. And so I think that was like an important thing is to be dependable for them as well and be. That cemented that, cemented yeah. that that much further yeah, into yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now I've really tried to continue to be that person with my friends as well. And yeah. also, you know, if I'm in a relationship, it's the same kind of thing. I want to be a dependable person for my partner in life right. and things like that at some point. Right. Because. I w- and I would want obviously that reciprocated as well. Yeah, the want, respect, yeah. the motivation, mm-hmm. the admiration of yeah. each other. Absolutely, exactly. that's how you treat everybody in your life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, so that's I, I think yeah. It's it, but that's kind of how it started, and it's yeah. it's kind of gr- obviously I've grown for it, and I've really tried to maintain that as much as possible, and be able to answer your FaceTimes <laughs> <laughs> and never miss a call. <laughs> Please respond. Literally, Cortez is one of the most reliable people I've ever had in my life as far as never missing a phone call. And if he does, like, the immediate call back. I'm like, that level. That level. Why is not everyone there? Oh, my God. I love that. Thank you for dropping that in. I feel like Roundabout is just really being able to 
be applicable with your characteristics that you've learned on and off the field and translating those characteristics that your parents passed down to you Mm -hmm. and being able to not only have those incredible impressions in your life and be able to say, okay, self, let's be honest and be real with each other. Yeah. That's, that's one of the most, like, it's a bit painful because you have to admit that you're not good at something. Yeah. And And that there's room for improvement and ownership. But once you like, I think that's for the hardest part. Yeah. That was a part where I realized as a young player, I would kind of do it. Like, oh, well, he didn't do this cross quite as good or right. something. And I was like, well, if you were better at shooting, you could even score the bad crosses. And um, that's a maturity and thing. And I yeah, think that that's it. That's that a, That's taking a step back and being able to say like, some people stay in that mentality their whole life of the execution. Yeah. Like I'm going to blame yeah. everybody and else. I'm never the problem. Yeah. And I will say, I still feel a tendency to want to do that at times. Of course. It's the and easy everyone, way yeah, out. We all does, do. And yeah. But I think it's important to like, not allow that, like that feeling happens and I'll be like, Oh, but this, and they'll be like, no, like that's, that's not, that's not a mentality. That's not yeah. solving, fixing the problem. And me really taking control Mm. of what I can and improving myself as much as possible to be able to do that. I think that's an important, important thing. In the self-awareness, because to your point of something not soccer, like in your life is being able to say, okay, if I'm having these trends or these repetitions in my life, negative patterns. Yeah. Like, okay. Like I need to take ownership of like, what am I, I keep running into this same recurring theme. Like, Oh, for example, like if someone's like, I keep not being able to keep friends (laughs) or I keep not being able to, you know, do well at X, Y, or Z. Like I keep making the same dish and it keeps Mm -hmm. coming out bad. I mean, it could literally be something as simple as a skill to as complex as your friendship or relationship dynamics or your, or family dynamics. Mm -hmm. And we are never going to be able to control the opposing party. You're never going to be able to control the past coming to you. You're never going to be able to control how someone else kicks the ball. You're never going to be able to control how someone responds to your text, but like, what are you taking ownership in, in every scenario, whether it's a play on the field or a conversation off the field to be self-aware and not run into those same repetitive fundamentals where you're not taking ownership of what can you do to improve? And that is humbling, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're not self-aware, you're not going to notice it. And if you don't want to let your ego be aside and take a seat on the bench, pun intended, (laughs) you're not going (laughs) to be able... soccer puns, I love it. You're not going to be able to move past your repetitive traumas. Like it's just going to... Life's going to keep showing you yeah. the, the green, tri- uh, the green rectangle yeah. doesn't lie. Yeah. And I think you're not, you're not reaching a higher level. You're not improving also with that, right? Like there's no, you're not becoming a better version. And it's like, you're not reaching a next level of yourself. No. Like it's not Becca 87.0, 87.01 even, right? Time to upgrade that. Right. But it's like, yeah, keep going. You know yes. what I mean? And, that, and that's for me, the big thing too. It's like, right. Like I continue to tap into and try to improve myself to have a reach full potential Absolutely. and try as much as I can to like do that and live that life that way. And as a character, as a player, as whatever it is, like, right. As a, as a family member, as a sibling, as a son, yeah. right. I think eventually we spoke about it as well. Like significant about, others. Yeah. Significant yeah. others. And also at some point I would like to be a father and it's the right. same thing. I would want to do that as a father. And can I be same like that dependable and, always improving as a father, as an example for my kids. Instilling those values on Mm -hmm. them too. Like you were able to fortunately do. That's so true. Well, I have loved this. 
And Likewise. I have <laughs> two questions that I want to ask Alrighty. you to kind of wrap things up here today. So thank you for your insight as a professional athlete and me who's not a professional athlete, being <laughs> able to relate to these humbling characteristics that are passed down to us and what we want to embody and always be self-improving. Um, but what would you say is your superpower like what do you think is your strongest suit your strongest characteristic speaking of um i think we touched on it a bit um with like man management and people management i think i um i i we were talking yesterday about read the room yeah, right read the um, room. i think my ability to no read the room, reading the room. <laughs> come I think, join us yeah. Don't read the room everywhere <laughs> you are please i think uh yeah i think being able to uh find out what a person like I, I think i have this innate ability to read a person and be able to talk to them and know within very like very short of meeting someone yeah i can figure out like oh they like these certain things or they like this kind of stuff and i can be very fluid with showing parts of myself mm -hmm. that i know they'll like to like kind of bridge that gap when so i meet someone new yeah um and then obviously when i open up more with friends and you know like you and i now and stuff yeah. it's it's obviously we're so comfortable and everything but it's that same thing of i still know exactly like remembering things with you of, and we're like we're both foodies massively yeah, right massive. so things like, like so literally things before we we're recording this watching food videos and eating and meal eating together meal. <laughs> exactly so but i think yeah i think that for me is a big thing is my my ability to just like read people's personalities and your emotional yeah, intelligence yeah i think that that awareness i think for me is definitely one thing in um, people management i, I love yeah. that who knows where this is going to take you man i know we can look back <laughs> on this one day all right and then last but not least this is the year grounded podcast after all what do you like to do to stay grounded um well as what i mentioned is about um how, what do you define as grounded right and yeah. things like that i think uh, and i said that's up to you Cortez. Yeah. um <laughs> i think i think being grounded I, I view is kind of two things i think one is kind of being humble um and, and being that's that's what i view very much as being grounded is how yeah. are you how are you staying level-headed not letting things get to you and not believing hypes um keeping your feet on the ground is kind of obviously like like your awareness yeah of, your awareness so think, and intentionality yeah. of being humble so i think back to that accountability of myself mm -hmm. things like that um i think the other thing with being grounded of you is like kind of finding solace among madness because yeah. like especially overseas in soccer we travel all the time we do all this stuff and everything and playing all the time and it, it gets it's crazy it's so hard not having that home base and so and i i mean i've lived in a lot of countries and stuff yeah. so for me the other thing is yeah is having a i have a routine um very much during the week a couple times a week i like to do a little bit of extra shooting drills um I, and i like to do some of the same ones because it makes me feel at home again yeah um i like to Right. There's a certain days I like will lift and do gym and things like that um, and certain stuff and and certain comfort foods as well. Honestly, so your routine and some foods yeah, like are I, your I will sometimes like I, I love pancakes on game yeah. days. Yeah. OK, we love that the morning morning of a game. I love to make pancakes from scratch at home. Love it. Um, and so it, and I find just like when I'm doing that, it's like the beginning of the hype for a game. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it'll be little things like that all the time. That makes you feel no matter what city, yeah. no matter what country you're exactly. in, that helps you feel grounded. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, this is me. This is my routine. And I find solace in that and in myself yeah. amongst it all. I can still have my safe space and my safe flow of things. And that and control. That, yeah. That for me is like what really helps too is, is having a, and the discipline to stick to that routine, I think is important too, because when you stray from it, it's like there are days I don't feel like doing a lift or days I don't feel like doing extra streams. So like after I 
do the first lift or do the first exercise or do the first shot. Just getting started. I see. Yeah. Once I do that, I'm like, oh yeah, this feels good. And then I keep yeah. going. And then by the end I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Right. You get that but, response. Yeah. But that I think it's, yeah, I think it's important to maintain that. Like I'm going to keep this routine and I, it's, that's it. Yeah. There's no like, oh, well, you know what? I don't really feel it today. It's like, no, nah, this is, this is just, I have to do this. I just have to, and that's it. And you, you view it as like a life or death. Like you, I have to do these things and I have to do this routine. If not, I'm going to be exposed on the weekend. So I think that's important too. Um, that's, I think the two things for me that really keep me grounded is accountability it. and just forcing myself to, even when I don't want to do things, I know I still need to. That routine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you for everything. <laughs> You've been amazing. A pleasure. And everyone else gets to enjoy the company of you now, too. (laughs) So until our next episode, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much, Becca. Pleasure to be on here. I will absolutely be tuning in for all the rest of your podcasts. All the good things. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of You're Grounded. Make sure to share this episode if it resonated with you and rate this podcast on whatever streaming platform you like to listen from. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. All social platforms are titled Your Grounded Pod. Until next time, stay grounded.